welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. Oh, and we're here talking about the movie formerly known as Beethoven, the real story, and sometimes referred to as Beethoven's sixth, Beethoven's big break. Yeah. This film is the one of the movies that just lives up to our podcast premise. Yes. Which is they made how many of these? And yes, they made a sixth of these movies. And there is, in fact, two more beyond this one. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're not even really that close to the end yet. Uh, oh, my God. Are you guys excited? <laughs> you guys excited? Um, well, Eliz, where can people uh, reach out to us this week? And every Yes. Send us an email, sequelrights at gmail.com, or find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your five stars go a very long way. We are there's two weeks left, and then we're out of Beethoven's. <gasps> so if you want to uh, make a recommendation of what we should tackle next, email is great. Putting it inside your review is also great. Uh, and we look forward to seeing hearing from you. Yeah, we love reviews. Reviews help us get seen on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts and ev- anywhere, really. So yeah. uh, send them to us. That would be great. But for now, we're handing out our all-access pass to Beethoven's Big Break. Who are you? I'm like the assistant animal trainer. When it comes to pets. Oh, give all these freaky animals. And all I want is a dog. Eddie has one rule. Hey! <laughs> no dogs. This is Beethoven. Don't worry, we're taking you to a nice new home. But now... Beethoven! This dog is the star of my movie. Ta-da! The rules are about to change. You're training the star! The one smelling his own bottom. Oh, come on! (laughs) Gotta leave the fart in there, that's important. For the, for the comedic sensibilities of this movie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, here we are. Beethoven's big break. He's finally catching a break. I got to say that the comedic pedigree of this movie <laughs> is higher than the other films. There oh, are man. some people attached that involved that are uh, at least funny in premise. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can tell they went all out on the casting on this one as far as they could, I guess. Yeah, yeah Oscar Nunez from The Office is given his best Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah, paired with Joey Fatone for some reason. Right? Yeah, Joey Fatone. He was, uh, you know. Uh, oh, actually, you know what, Elis? Before we get too far into this, okay, which Universal Studios is this shot at? Florida. Yes, uh-huh. that's what I thought. So, so we're it's back a to market bring it on. step down from the Hollywood <laughs> lot, just in that it's not a real, like, there's no history. There's no, you know, uh, grandeur. There's no, there's no real set. In. Yeah, exactly. It's all fake, fake, fake. It's the same thing from bring it on five or four. Yeah, so when was. he's driving on to the studio lot, uh, that is the entrance to the theme park. That's the entrance to Universal Studios Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I was Which, like, even uh, their entrance sucks way more than the one in Hollywood. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was funny when the movie started. I was like, Quicksilver, is that you? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no. Yeah, this is a different. Uh, this is not. This is Universal Florida. Yeah. Um, I think that the kids, the kids in this movie, like start to have their little meet cute and everything in the same place where the the 
the um the people, cheerleaders the cheerleaders yeah. have that like you know where she's having her um Secrets spilled on the big screen at the dance many, party. Many, many right. of the same areas. We got the same lawn on the side of the uh, fake river on the way on between the two hotels when they're yep. chasing Beethoven's uh, captures one <laughs> yep. time. Um, yeah, I love how there's a point to like so the, the the premise of this movie is that it takes on behind takes place behind the scenes of a giant Hollywood movie. And there's a point where like the, that I referenced before, where he rolls onto the lot, our main character our uh weekend at Bernie's star. Um, and <laughs> Jonathan he, Silverman is, a, yeah. is talking about <laughs> and there's like showgirls and people in golf carts dancing around on the sides as if it's like, it looks like where's Waldo in Hollywood. Like it's, yeah, the it's most trying to act like bullshit. the studio system is still, uh, it's <laughs> like the set of Ryan Murphy's Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because, <laughs> well, it was like, it was such a contrast for when he was going through the service gate. And the first thing you see when you open up the service gate, these guys like struggling to like, vacuum out the shit out of us like you know, <laughs> this, they have this giant cartoonish tube like sucking poop out of a porta potty i mean that was pretty real they never show you the the situation That's with true. the onset porta potties yeah. um <laughs> honey as someone wagons. Who, honey wagons. who worked on the lot uh you know i can tell you that uh the truth is in the middle of the, both the service <laughs> entrance and the fake uh technological entrance where they already know his name yeah I don't think there's like newspapers blowing around at the service entrance. Like yeah. it's a, some... the part that is true is like the part where the um, security guard insisted on seeing his ID and putting it in the little machine and printing out the ticket, even yep. though he sees him every day. That part's real, but the way that that guy dressed was not real. They they dress more like the people in the fake good studio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the police that show up at the end of the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> or police, theme park quote, security. Quote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought this was funny. The the movie starts out like okay, so we kind of already know just from looking at the poster or when you when you click into the DVD, you can see the poster and you're like, "Oh, okay, so Beethoven's going to be a movie star or something." And the movie the movie starts out with him like, you know, ostensibly in the streets, but like he's going up against this like cartoonish, you know, Italian baker or whatever. Yeah. And I thought for sure that he was already like in a movie at this point. I was waiting for them <laughs> yeah. to yell cut and then yeah. all the things to roll off the side exactly. and the director to walk on. But that was supposed to be real. Yeah. <laughs> right. So That's, that stereotype was real. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, yeah, then throughout the rest of the movie, you know, you know, it's like a fake town you know on the lot the whole time so when he like runs off in the lot and he goes and you know spoiler alert finds his puppies there was a part of me that was like oh is he still on the lot in this city part like it's confusing to me they Um, try to do they they use the theme park as both the lot and and real and the real life (laughs) yeah so it makes no sense (laughs) it's confusing as fuck if you, I mean, it's probably not confusing to people who are not even aware that it's the or universe. who've never been there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but um, I thought so. That was yeah, funny. I guess before we can, I, I feel like that this is another one of the movies. Spoiler alert: where uh, plot wise, there's just not going to be a lot for us to talk about here. But we're going to be talking about a lot of the weirdness that comes from the structure of the movie, <laughs> and so I, I guess we should describe what our main characters are and kind of what the premise is in terms of we have a single dad animal trainer and his son who hates dogs 
and is training a lizard for this other movie. Uh, and Stephen Toblowski. Stephen Tobolowski, yes, yes. I love that he was in this movie. I mean, you you know, I don't know if you, I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, maybe you've heard the Tobolowski files, but he's like, you know, very well spoken, smart guy, and so you mm-hmm. and like you hear him tell these stories, and you like you know that uh, he's just having a blast doing this like stupid role. And it's yep. it's not that he's a bad actor. He's doing the you know you know he's making choices in these moments yep. uh, to just like say stupid shit and fall over like an idiot. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I, oh, I he's him. he's he's one of the best villains that we have had in this series. Yeah, yeah. He's doing kind of like a Steve Irwin, Jack Hanna kind of thing of like I'm the animal trainer. I put on the show and I'm yeah, like he's like the yeah. bad version of Jack Hanna. He's like the yeah. evil Jack Hanna. And I like that he was apparently like the animal trainer for the like show at the park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a real show. Too. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's and what I don't I know if it's still going on now, but the animal actors show live is in like, studio or something like that is yeah. there at Universal. Yeah. So it's almost like it was one of those um, Ed Wood competitions where they were like, OK, you're stuck inside <laughs> Universal Studios Orlando. You have 24 hours to put together a film using only the items and the settings on the lot. And you must include Beethoven, this Komodo dragon and <laughs> a third this Italian sausage or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, all right, let's do it. And this white lady. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and someone from the cast of Cheers. Yeah. And go. Uh, yes. Well. So this one, this, this movie is kind of a uh, little bit of a reboot slash prequel. A little bit. So I was, I was, I spoke to Justin a little bit before the podcast and I cannot believe if keen listeners will remember that Justin made the joke about this being a meta thing about Beethoven becoming famous so he can make the Beethoven movies. <laughs> and that's what actually fucking happens yeah. in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's it sure super did. weird because like the movie proceeds to show you like how all of the gags from the first Beethoven movie were created kind of. And it's just, it's just a, it's kind of a weird choice. personally. <laughs> so, so yeah, what happens? I mean, it is kind of funny of the villains plan is to kidnap a dog to make the studios pay for it. And his first, try at this he kidnaps the dog yeah frizzy too soon because they have not shot any of the scenes and so therefore he has zero leverage which is objectively funny i love when he comes Uh, back with the note like oh my god oh the humanity i mean it would totally make sense because any like animal trainer or stage mom or even actor would have the audacity to think I'm irreplaceable. I'm going to make the scheme yeah. so that I am, you know, kidnapped immediately. And that everyone else in the production's like, Oh, well it's kidnapped. Get another one. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually, that, this is actually the real story of how, why Terrence Howard isn't a war machine anymore. Um. <laughs> Burn. Uh yeah. Um so the 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 movie that the, this dog was supposed to be originally be on was uh what, what's the movie called? It's called the Frizzy. Bijan Frise. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and as soon as the director sees Beethoven says no, the movie is no longer about that. This movie is now about a big dog that knocks stuff over. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. And the writer's like, "What what what? Wait, what? No, it's <laughs> not a small dog." Yeah. <laughs> No, it's about a big dog that knocks things over. 
Uh, yeah, it's th- there's an insane 20 minutes of this movie where the dog is breaking all of the rules is something that would be ins- an insurance nightmare that practically would never, ever happen. Um, but in the movie, it's just the dog is not being trained. It's doing whatever the fuck it wants to do. And the studio producer and the director think that it is just like Marlon Brando esque method acting by this dog i i i was like oh my god you know i work in production now my brain has been fundamentally altered because it does break your brain jumped on the table and knocked over (laughs) that actor i was like oh the insurance you know and when steven tobolowski was like you can't fire me i'm a member of the union i was like oh he he has a point yeah i I thought there was a there's a moment too when uh, beethoven jumps up on the craft service table and the yeah, first I time yeah the first time uh, that's right <laughs> the, <laughs> the first time that he's up there though they take him down and then the lady there is like i'm gonna only take away these grapes that he was kind of close to he, like you'd be like that entire uh table is say, off limits strike now. the table there was a dog on it it's done you're not gonna just yeah. take away the bowl of grapes <laughs> I, I believe someone even says he's eating my nosh I did. I did love though how the things on the craft service table were like bins of croissants from Costco, and I was like, "That's definitely more realistic than what people think the craft services table yeah, sure. is going to be like a charcuterie, you know, like tower and chocolate fountain." What you guys don't have fondue cheese fountains and alternating chocolate fountains? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, what did you guys think of the uh, the kid in this movie? <laughs> I didn't think that this kid would have an acting career beyond this, but oh, apparently no, he's very famous. And and I've seen him in things that I thought he was decent in. In this movie, this kid is acting like an alien in human clothes, well, being like, "This he, is what human do." Yeah, I, I mean, he honestly doesn't have much to work with here. That's There's true. no like really good motivation here for him at all like i mean there's the i i to describe what you're saying there is a scene in this movie where he <laughs> finds beethoven and on the paper on the script is that i found a stray dog the dad's gonna come in and they're just like covered like well son here's what you've done here's what your character motivation you're gonna make a whole big bunch of spaghetti for your, the stray dog <laughs> Well, I think he was trying to make it for his dad, but because you know, the dad never. Yeah, I makes mean, anything. like this child is being abused. Like, I feel bad that he's a single dad, but he doesn't have any food that the kid can eat, and like he's going home from school by himself, latchkey kid, and then all he can try to make is like spaghetti. And even when he has frozen meals, like the dad doesn't cook it for him. Like the dad's all bad, and the son's like, I literally was trying to eat a dinner. <laughs> yeah that's that is true that's true there's a there's a there's a comedy beat in this movie where uh this the dad could not properly microwave microwave macaroni and cheese and the kid licks it like a lollipop i yeah that part was dumb but i, I did like the lead into that when the writer shows up at his house and she like wants to, you know, come in and observe Beethoven because he just does wacky stuff at home and I need to, you know, write some pages by tomorrow. And he's like, would you be able to do it over dinner? 
or like while you're eating and he, she's like, oh yeah. And then you go in and you see that he's just making these microwave meals for everybody. Yeah, he made three different kids' <laughs> cuisines. <Yeah. laughs> she, she's initially like, oh, I'm impressed. You're going to cook food. And then it's just, yeah, lean cuisine, which I thought was uh, Remember funny. kids' cuisine always had that like brownie section? It didn't was, like, always. Good, sometimes it was a different dessert. Yeah, but yeah. It was, oh yeah, I like mean, it was sometimes it's like hot apples. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes either way, it was something that was molten on the exterior and frozen on the interior. (laughs) But it had a penguin on it, so I wanted it. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was distracted by the kid the entire movie because I thought that he uh, does not have a very cute kid's face. And a lot of the times he looked like a grown adult man. Well, that's his shtick, okay? I know. I I don't know if you all ever watched Hannah Montana, right? But he was not one of the three core friends of Hannah Montana, but he was like the fourth kid. And he was... He was their accountant. Well, I mean, he was like a child genius who was like Ah. nine or ten, but he was in high school with them. And he was like a bajillionaire of some company that he either owned or possibly started. I'm not sure if he was smart or just rich, but he was in a grade way older than him. And he tomato, tomato. Had, yeah, he always had a ton of money and he was always like trying to hit on Hannah Montana being like, hey, girl, you know, like I'm so rich. Go out with me, you know, or whatever. Or not Hannah Montana, Miley. Uh, but anyways, uh <laughs> Uh, it was the best of both worlds. But, uh, I, I just thought it was. was a, so that's th- his thing. He's supposed to be like this little kid that's like a grown up. Right. There's <laughs> a minute long. Okay. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot to, to drill into here because there's a minute long sequence in this movie where this kid is skateboarding along the same place that we've seen from Bring It On, where he's about to do a skateboard trick and uh, gets distracted by this girl and does. Uh, <laughs> it's a POV of him approaching the, the stairs super quickly and then it cuts to him leaping over the stairs to a cl- clearly adult stunt performer <laughs> landing on their fucking head <laughs> like doing it doing a fall that looks oh my god that man might have died <laughs> and then rolling around and then all the other skater kids being like yeah run back to mommy oh that's right you don't have a mom <laughs> yeah that I was not so believe that. Up. i was like even like the meanest kid there's no kid that would say that unless they also <laughs> they don't even had really no parents know him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And yeah. then he goes then he goes over to the, his dad picks him up and his dad's like, how was playing with your friends? And it's like, yeah. Who was it with his friends? And then Beethoven licks his face and he's like, Beethoven, you're such a nerd. And it's like, what's fucking happening in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell if those were kids from his school or just universal lot orphans. <laughs> but yeah. the, uh, the other layer that we have to drill down into here is, Justin, I assume that you're going to have very strong opinions about the music in this movie. Oh man, it's funny because I didn't play I didn't play the entire trailer because it uh, is too long, but there's a part at the end that is like listing out the cast like Jonathan Silverman and then it says Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, like you didn't know who it was. And then yeah. at, at the end of the list of the cast are like and the best music of modern times right now and it shows like Everlife and Jonas Brothers. Um and uh not only that, there's an amazing uh <laughs> they went all out and bought the entire Brian Setzer orchestra to, <laughs> to play this like Benny Hillized version of Beethoven's fifth symphony called take the fifth is the name of the song off of their oh, album boy. Wolfgang's night out, which, you know, 
Uh, his name isn't Wolfgang, but I don't know what other songs are on the album. <laughs> if only they had chosen to stay silent. Yeah, but uh, there's a yeah that hilarious version of uh, Beethoven's Fifth that plays during the car chase scene was pretty funny. It's probably going to be at the end of this uh, episode. Well, there's an I don't insane know. rap song at the end. Yeah, or not rap I, song, but a fast talking like. It's called I don't even Life. Know what you call it? It's called Life is a Dog by Tim Maxwell or something like that. Oh, okay. And was he listing out famous dogs? Yeah. Can you just <laughs> yes. do a, a dramatic reading of the lyrics? Uh, I don't have the lyrics. I couldn't find the song. Unfortunately, ah. I already oh, looked. No. I already looked for it earlier because I'm like, I'm gonna put this in the show, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, oh, it's wow. an insane. It's an insane like post credits rap where he's just like Cujo. But like I can't, I can't saying, even describe what it, it is. He's saying it like as fast as uh, you know, like who didn't start the fire or we didn't start the fire. Yeah, type, yeah, we didn't yeah. start the fire. Yeah. Who didn't start the fire? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who didn't which start is, the fire? Which is a more efficient <laughs> song. <laughs> Everybody Oddly enough, it's Margaret the fire. Thatcher. <laughs> it's all our faults. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Here's someone on uh, Yahoo Answers being, where can I find the lyrics for the song Life is a Dog by Tom Maxwell? I can't find it anywhere. The chorus is I love all dogs, but not as much as Beethoven. Is that correct? No, I, I like all dogs, but I oh, love Beethoven. I love Beethoven. Beethoven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty insane song. If, uh, if I had a uh, disk drive on my computer, I would rip it from the end credits. Which is a whole, the end credits is a whole thing that we'll get to talk about at the oh end. Oh my well. God. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, it, again, th- this movie plays into the same thing as the last movie where it feels like it would have been a subpar movie in 1992 which is when it feels like it came out but the end credits have all of these different movie posters from Beethoven being famous and one of them is a Wally themed poster (laughs) and it's like oh right this movie came out in 2000 fucking 8 so there is no excuse. Yeah, what do you what do you guys uh what do you in the audience guess that the name of the the Wally movie was? <laughs> Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and tell us what your guess is and we'll let you know if you're right. <laughs> Just do not watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love there there's a there's a part um I, I don't know if this was supposed to be a callback or what, but uh, Beethoven gets his own RV in the movie. So he's yep. yes. back in the RV at one point, but it's like this totally, you know, pimped out uh, RV. And one of the funniest gags I thought in the movie, actually, it was so stupid, but like Beethoven gets this huge RV with like an extending side and everything. And then you see the guy playing George Newton in the Beethoven yes. movie. Yep. <laughs> Go like, what the heck? He's like, what the heck? I thought I was the star. And then they show him getting in this, like, the tiniest, like, airstream. Like, it looked like it's it like would... a bike trailer. <laughs> yeah. Show him crawling into it like he's going to go in there and, like, sit in a, you know, fetal position inside. Yeah. I have to say that not Charles Grodin was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like, yeah. fake, fake Charles Grodin. <laughs> Yeah, because the movie they're making is Beethoven with the the same logo, and it's the Newton. Yeah, family. they've got like a fake Bonnie Hunt and like a fake Charles Grodin, and it's just like it's it's crazy, and it's like if you think about it too hard, it's actually very insulting to the original <laughs> film because they're basically yes. implying like there was no script, there was no planning, <laughs> we just let the dog loose on the set and let him torture everyone, and then we filmed it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like that the, the the first scene we see them filming is the one where like they're all having 
breakfast and Bonnie Hunt's character is like going to go give George Newton bacon. And like the thing that Beethoven does wrong is try to steal the bacon. And I was like, what was the scene going to be normally? Just the dad eating the bacon and being like, yeah, mm, this is my <laughs> favorite. To get Beethoven to bark. <laughs> yeah. Beethoven was going to read the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I thought, uh, yeah, that was funny, but you, you do throughout the movie see kind of like, um, you see the, the, the screenwriter get inspiration for scenes that we, you know, remember from the original Beethoven movie. Like, uh, yeah, it's a slumdog millionaire type movie where like, like we the, see, <laughs> yeah, we see the dog licking his neck in the bed. Did you just compare this movie to slumdog <laughs> Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was I just going to go right past. <laughs> it's a dog movie. Okay. uh no like so speaking of the the dad in this movie is incredibly problematic he is an animal trainer who lizard guy who apparently hates animals i guess because there's a point where he makes beethoven stay outside and they make it as a a plot like the Every Beethoven movie seems to have to shoehorn their characters into having the same character beats as every other thing. So this is a guy who allegedly loves animals, has always he's lizard guy, right? But I don't think he said, loves animals. He says over and over again, these animals are not my pets. They're not my family. They're my job. Well, he's like, I think he likes them. He just doesn't like pets. He doesn't want to. He pets. likes it. He likes the lizard. He doesn't like the dog. There's a there's a there's a hard line between pets and work for him. And uh, like, CGI why would you get into a, that is, line of work unless you love it? Like, yeah, I mean, I was I, the thing that I was calling out is that once they find out Beethoven is a single dad, which is an insane puppy thing, but sure, um, that his plan <laughs> is to have Beethoven sleep outside and have the puppy sleep inside, and then he's upset when Beethoven like wants to come inside. Beethoven, and it's like that's crazy. <laughs> the single dad thing. Like they follow Beethoven. There's no like hint that this is going to happen other than the front of the cover. There's puppies, right? Yep. Like Be- they follow Beethoven. He like runs away from them. He goes back to that Italian deli yeah. and on the, in the alleyway, there's like three puppies and the kids like, oh, my God, puppies. Oh, where's your wife? Where's the mom, Beethoven? And then all of a sudden the kid just stops and he's like, dad. Beethoven's a single dad, dad like you. And it's like, okay, first of all, that's biologically impossible. Possible. The mom has to be somewhere. She's either dead or not here, or like she had to have been there long enough. And to those give puppies, birth. those puppies are small enough to still be nursing. Yeah. So yeah. someone would have had to been feeding them, and so I, I guess the mom probably like just went out for a walk, and then when she came back, her entire family was gone forever. And the dad's like, son, better make sure Beethoven has a dick. He could be the mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, nope. That's he, a, that's, he's like, that's nope. He's in this movie. definitely uh He's definitely the dad. <laughs> no, I thought at that point they no, were no dad. Make I definitely see dog dick. It would have been better to just make him a girl and then be like, yes. oh, okay, yeah, so why not? mysterious ghost mom i also like <laughs> i also liked uh in my mind while i was watching the movie the the they're so like they never are like my mom died 
you know, or anything. So the entire time they're having this conversation about missing their mom and everything, I was just imagining that she, <laughs> they actually just got divorced. And yeah. so he's just being like, he's yeah, just they being never, like, they say like, she's gone. Yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah. She's actually she's the governor gone. of California. She's, she's in our hearts now. She's I in our hearts so yeah. much. Yeah. And so I thought I just was making the movie funnier to me, uh, imagining that he was talking like she's dead, even though they just got divorced. <laughs> Oh my God. That's not in the movie at all, but I just, uh, you know, it's those things like that that help me get through these movies. <laughs> Imagining different, better movies that could be happening. <laughs> More yes. comedy than than is present in the film. Um, <laughs> there was another part that made me laugh uh, a lot. Uh, there's like a, you know, after Frizzy gets taken, they have to audition all these new dogs. And and uh, there's a scene um you know, Stephen Tobolowsky is doing some great work here, like auditioning the dogs that he wants to then like steal. Um, and the first one fails. Uh, he's like, we can call it Poochie or whatever. And he goes back into the room where the waiting room where all the other people are. And he's like, all right, who's next? And there's this lady with like a Corella DeVille type haircut where it's like, <laughs> it's like half white, half black. Yeah. And then she's got this like really, you know, crazy looking, I don't know what type of dog it is, but you know, one of those kind of like rat looking one of those dogs. Rat it looks dogs. very shaved. And she's like, I'm next. And he's like, oh, what is that? Even a dog? <laughs> and then she's like, she says like with such conviction, like he has the heart of a wolf. And then like you never <laughs> see that lady again ever. And it's kind of just played like he doesn't even like acknowledge that she said that. I just uh, that was a funny comedy beat for me. That's it. Absolutely. That's the only time I laughed. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I did laugh when Steven Tobolowsky pretended not to speak English. Yeah. Yes, and he was like, yeah, I know you. And he was just like, I was just joking with you. No, like, I'm like, in glass. <laughs> they also have him dressed up as a lady for like two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even have to do anything. He's just wearing that outfit for one Yeah, he's just a weird spy camera. Uh, in the aforementioned when Beethoven becomes a star uh, mm. and they give him the RV, the thing that's amazing about this is that we were talking about how there's this incredibly stereotypical Italian pizzeria chef that seems like he's he's on the lot and so they give him a full complement of staff including a completely different italian pizzeria chef yeah which i thought it would just be the same guy and i'm like oh that makes sense it's somebody who's around the lot that it's a pizza place that they order out from all the time and now he's gonna have to serve beethoven but no they're just doubling down on the stereotype (laughs) and having a completely separate wearing the same hat i think uh italian chef stereotype that chef from the city is terrible too like I, i i laughed that he uh you know, the first time we see him, he's like flipping a pizza, pizza dough. And like the Beethoven comes in the back door and he goes like, oh! and like he drops the pizza dough, like in the dumbest way. He could have just caught it and put it back down, you know? God, I don't know. Stupid like, things. In the early movies, I liked how it was more realistic. Like Beethoven, he licked an occasional ice cream cone, but primarily he ate dog food and meat steak he he stole turkey he stole bacon you know and then as the movies progress he eats like chocolate syrup and now he's eating pizza constantly the, like the even MacGuffin of this movie, him. yeah the MacGuffin of this movie is a drugged pizza like yeah. they planned to put horse tranquilizer inside of a pizza i mean granted that might be joey fatone's way to lure people in i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> Don't cast aspersions on the reputation of Joey Fatone, okay? 
I will say that their interactions in this movie are actually kind of fun. Like I could, I, they're kind of funny. Also, it does seem like that they might have just been on in Florida that day. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, nope. Like that's part of your universal contract. You have to be whenever movie we're shooting on this day. So that's how I felt about everyone in this movie. Yes, I was like. I was like, oh, uh, you know, hey, uh, Rhea Perlman, you want to bring your family down to Universal Studios? We'll put them up and your kids or grandkids can yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked that Danny DeVito hours. wasn't in this movie, like in a walk-on. He was in a dog. He was in a dog suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? He was Beethoven. No, he can only be circus uh, people. <laughs> He's got to well, be the ringleader. Let's get ready to Dumbo! Dumbo! <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. That's not even a sequel rights joke. That's just like a great people who watch too many movies. That's like that's a direct quote from a film. Yeah, people yep. who used to have AMC A list inside jokes. That's joke. right. Yeah. Um, is there what else what else are we missing about this movie? Or do we want to talk more about this uh screenwriter character? She's a she's a person. She's yeah. all right. I, I kind of uh I guess I kind of bought their relationship between her and the dad. It I was liked her. Nice. I think yeah. she was settling for this schlub of a dad. Like, yeah. yeah. For the sake of the movie. I, <laughs> I like the idea of her being harried uh, really against and angry that her script's being rewritten and then immediately just trying to figure out, like, well, how can I fix this and save it? I think that was real. And I also thought it was actually a really nice... It wasn't a meat cute, but just her being like, I need to hang around this dog. I need to write some more. And the dad's like, I'm going to go to bed. And like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be weird and sexual. And it's, and it, <laughs> to the movie's credit, it wasn't. And she was basically like, no, I just need to write. And he's like, you can just stay down here. It's fine. And I, I liked, I thought that that was real. Yeah. I, I, I liked, I liked her relationship with the kid. He, she too. had a better relationship with him than his own dad did, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, the kid was just like, you're really cool. My dad's a fucking idiot. Like, but like, I can tell he likes you. So like, give him some slack because I would like to my life not to suck. <laughs> yeah, maybe I would like edible food. Yeah, sure. Uh. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny. Jonathan Silverman, I thought uh, watching this movie, I was like, man, I think I feel like in another life, he's like second cousins twice removed to uh, Judge Reinhold or something. He's like, yeah, he has like a similar mannerisms and like a somewhat similar face, in my opinion. And it, yeah. it was just kind of like I thought it was weird that they cast someone so similar, I guess. Should we talk about the lizard some more? Yeah, the lizard. Well, we could talk about the various CG animals yeah. and utilization now, of CG slobber once again. Oh, yeah. The lizard, I thought, like, sometimes actually looked pretty good for a direct to... Uh, occasionally, yeah. yeah. There were times where the I was like... The lizard looked, looked occasionally right. good, but the lizard was CG through 20% of this movie. Yeah, almost the entire time you, it was on screen, it was CG. Except when he was actually holding it. Anytime it was yeah. running around, it was CG. There was and a- then we also get a part where, like, Beethoven breaks everybody out of their cages. Oh, and yeah. we get a lot of CG parrots. <laughs> yep. Um, there's and the also- CG raccoon that looks very sickly and, like, scraggly <laughs> <laughs> and stands on two legs at all times. And l- let's not... For- no, that was actually Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also not forget the amazing effect of uh, Beethoven bursting through a sheet of paper. 
Yeah. That apparently, oh my god! They, they must not have been able to do in real life, so they made this really horrible composite of like, <laughs> of a piece of like a piece of digital paper ripping. Yeah. All right. So wait, let's talk about let's talk about the director Eddie Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> he was all right. Yeah, he was funny. He was actually pretty funny. Yeah. I, I did like yeah. when he said, let's uh, hammer this final nail in the coffin <laughs> yeah, of my yeah, career. career. <laughs> and then like later after they change it to Beethoven, he's like, I'm going to get a statue for this. Yeah. It's so weird because like some of the Hollywood things were like very insidery. Like, I don't think a lot of people would find that funny, you know, like except for people that are like in Hollywood or know a lot about movies. But then other times they were doing like the stereotypical, oh, middle America is going to think this is what Hollywood is like. Like it couldn't yeah. decide which Hollywood to go with. Well, like they were shooting the movie on the Wayne's World set where the studio has like an overlook over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, did you guys hear uh, there's that that part where um, the kid is trying to think of names for uh, for Beethoven. Mm. One of the names he comes up with uh, is Quicksilver. Yes. I thought that was cool. I don't know if that yeah. was actually a callback <laughs> or what, but I mean, make I, I don't know why else he would say that. <laughs> Should we talk about, I mean, man, so the, the dog comes into his life and there's just a classical performance of Beethoven's fifth on the TV. Yeah, I guess I did like that because that was a callback to how they originally got his name. Yeah. And then she also, wrote that into the movie. I just I guess I didn't realize that in 2008 TVs were still that big. Were you still running to catch the top 10 music countdown? Oh my God. Yes. That's, that's exactly <laughs> all oh, the top, the top 10 music video countdown. I'm missing in 2008? it. I'm missing it. Uh, I mean, no. maybe somebody was in 2008. No, no. When did TRL end? Like, I remember it was a big thing when it finally ended. Let's see. I don't know. I probably watched it until like 2003. <laughs> it ended November 16th, 2008. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So he was like, he wanted to see the last few episodes. <laughs> yep. He's like, it's ending later this year. If I don't watch every episode every day, I'll never get to say goodbye to my favorite VJs. I remember <laughs> tuning in so I could watch the, before episode one came out, the premiere of the Duel of the Fates music video. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, whole reason God. I started watching TRL in the first place was to try to see, um, the saga saga begins right an amish paradise that was when oh, i started yes. watching trl and then eventually i was like oh popular music oh wait i know things that people think are cool now like but also <laughs> weird al <laughs> my, my brother was on an episode oh but he had uh, a very right. giant afro at the time and so <laughs> like he was prominently displayed with because they were just like this person looks like a cartoon character <laughs> and then so the camera everything on the camera panned through the crowd my brother's face ended up uh, as the focus it was amazing that was like in in times square he did that one yep uh-huh oh, uh-huh. okay he didn't nice. do like spring break and show his chest no no it, okay. well he it was one of those things where a bunch of his friends wanted to go and like he'd be like i'll show up this okay so i've been to tapings of of jimmy fallon uh conan and i didn't go to the trl one but at the time my brother looked so ridiculous that he ended up on screen for all of them if he's there's a conan thing where we went to like one of the first tbs tapings it was like his fourth show and they we were waiting in line to go in and he was immediately picked for a skit 
and like he's like I can like he's he was on it was a TSA skit where they put a strawberry in his mouth and took a Polaroid. But like, yeah, <laughs> his God. hair is ridiculous. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yes, scene. indeed. Um, we can put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, so as the movie goes on and you like you know start to realize oh like we're we're gonna go through and hit all the beats from uh, the original Beethoven here oh is Beethoven gonna get muddy and get shake himself off let's see he might yeah oh is the bad guy gonna oh. inject him with some sort of thing yeah okay please tell me. Okay, by the way, I did like how Steven Tobolowsky had a colorful syringe as yeah. a nod to Dean yes. Jones. And they make the um, comment like, he's going to be destroyed, which yeah. I remember in the first one we were like, do people used to say that? Like, the dog's going to be destroyed? Is that the terminology? Like, so whoever wrote this had a surprisingly good, like, amount of attention to the series thus far. Yeah. Strangely. And but, and we and I, they should have credit for that. I think it, yes. it, it is appreciated, yes. Um, okay, but we have to talk about the muddy bed scene because you noticed right this is not jonathan silverman's bedroom this footage is not from this movie it is footage taken exactly from the original movie of beethoven on the bed get like you know shaking and they just filmed jonathan silverman in a doorway and they sprayed (laughs) water in him and he went and like but the f- I went back and looked on YouTube for this scene <laughs> for the original movie, and it's like the it's it's that footage because they it's just the pulled bedroom. the clip. They absolutely just pulled the clip. Yeah, they didn't even bother to change the background or anything. That's amazing. I mean, that's probably uh, part of that is probably why uh, you know Brian Levant has a story by credit. <laughs> yeah, uh, in this movie, since you know he directed the first one. Yeah. Um, the the things that I was disappointed like as the movie went on I was I was like oh man uh, I'm waiting now for Jonathan Silverman to come jumping through a glass ceiling never happens <laughs> I was like all right I'm waiting for the kid kid to drive the car into the studio didn't happen <laughs> I mean yeah it was kind of sad because the writer lady had the wherewithal to be like the dog brings the family together and it's a warm hearted like thing both dogs like frizzy and beethoven this is what i want the movie to be about but this movie doesn't get there like even though they show the kid being dejected when his dad's being a jerk and whatnot it just doesn't come around to when you like the dad at all No, he's a piece of shit. Like he's an <laughs> asshole to all the animals that he trains. And like it's uh, the first 10 minutes of the movie are ma- like it, it pulls this sleight of hand where they're trying to make you empathetic for him. Like he's the guy who actually cares about the animals. He's the guy who cares about the lizard. And like that's why she has this connection with him or whatever it is. And then afterwards it's like no, he just, like all like, he actually only likes the lizard. Doesn't like his son, doesn't like the dog. <laughs> Likes Petey the Lizard Doesn't more. Like well, once Steven Tobolowski is like a cartoon villain and no longer working on the movie, there's yeah. nothing to contrast the dad with. Like when he's there in the beginning and Steven Tobolowski's there, Steven Tobolowski is so horrible that you're like, oh, this dad's a nice guy. But as soon as Steven Tobolowski gets fired, is there giving them a dog therapy session? And it's like, why don't you just have Caesar Milan do the movie? He could probably train Beethoven way better than this yokel that is the insane thing about this movie in that there is a the there's the plot is that this dad can't train this dog and the dog is unhinged but the director and the studio think that he's brilliant uh and but (laughs) scissor milan is there the entire time 
like uh, 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 the biggest dog trainer around is there. Yeah, and he, I, I, I did like when the dad storms out and Caesar Milan's like, it's never the owner, it's never the dog, it's always the <laughs> yeah. owner. Yeah. I, was, I like, I was like, oh, good delivery, Caesar Milan. Yeah, that was that was funny. <laughs> it's never the dog. Like this, this, this is second time. So this um, series now has a history of like mocking dog therapy or therapy yes, or bringing on famous therapists Obe- yeah, yeah. Ob- obedience school yo well therapy and dog therapy joyce yeah. brothers and yeah. Cesar Milan. <laughs> you can't fix yourself just get all muddy and shake it off in the bed yeah um there was one other part that i thought was really funny actually um and i don't remember i don't recall exactly how this circumstance happened but somewhere towards the end of the movie when they're chasing uh you know, like Oscar and uh, Joey Fatone, um, somehow like a big, like giant, like wooden board falls on them. (laughs) And like, and then like Jonathan Silverman, I think, and Sal like jump down on top of it while those guys are still underneath the board (laughs) and you hear them go like, (laughs) and like, instead of like, you you never see them get out from under that board. I don't think they're just like, continue to fight on top of that board and they're like getting squished and they're like, Oh, ah." I mean, it's just dumb, but I it was it. very funny. Very, very uh, Looney Tunes situation there. Yeah. Oscar ended up having a, a whole bit where he was just reading from the dictionary. Yeah, that was weird because it seemed yeah, like I they introduced like that, that one. They introduced I did it, like, like him with through. with Frizzy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because Frizzy got like markedly frizzier every time she was on screen. Her hair just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, the only other thing to talk about is the end credits with, uh, well, okay. Let me talk about the child star chicken. Oh, go for it. Oh yes. Uh, okay. So I don't, I'm not sure if you say it, Moises or Moses Arias. Um, he, like I said, was most famous for being on Hannah Montana for many, many years. Um, the entire time in all the movies. And then he went on to be in a bunch of movies, uh, 2016's Ben Hur, uh, never forget. Uh, he was a <laughs> king of summer, and then he was a king of Staten Island. Um, uh-huh. And he was five feet apart. Um, ooh, Should've the Wall six. of Mexico. I wonder what that is. Uh, little bitches, great, and uh, Pitch Perfect three. Oh. Yikes. Okay. Anyways, but he's still acting. He's around. Uh, Katie, the uh, the girl that Beethoven helps this kid get the attention of, because God forbid that note not be in one of these movies, uh, is Stephanie Scott, number two on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> she is best known for being in the later in. Insidii, how do you? The Insidii. Uh, let's let's make that canon Insidii. right now. Let's solidify that as canon. Insidii. The Insidii. Uh, she's what? In Beautiful Boy. She's in. Oh, she's a hologram of Jem and the. Uh, <gasps> oh. Yeah. And then. <laughs> she's a hologram. So wait, not the hologram that Kanye bought. No, no. Okay, she's yes. one of Jem's holograms. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Got it. Got it. And then finally, Zach Kuznitsky, who plays the bully, the kid that says, you don't even have a mom. Uh, He went Republican senator, Republican senator. My God, 
you are so close. (laughs) (laughs) He went on to go to UNC, North Carolina, um, and he was an occasional opinion columnist for the Daily Tar Heel, um, writing such great editorials as Treat Maya Little like Brett Kavanaugh, in which he... um, proposed that a girl who poured red paint on the confederate statue on campus should have been more uh tried more harshly by the student government court uh mm. he also wrote a response Is it, was it because the statue couldn't give consent uh no uh. he actually said he actually in in the end said he was on her side because the student court is a sham and that she was right to disrespect them and that she should be sent to real court and treated more harshly um and then cool. he wrote a res- a response to an article called breaking news white men have egos in which he argues that this article that was taking white men down uh was racist and Mm. misandrous and humorous and he proposed that you should read her article replacing white men with black women and then see how offensive it is oh boy And he also wrote one called The Dominant Factor in UNC's Affirmative Action Policy, in which he rages against uh, any type of, like, noting of anyone's uh, race in in anything, basically. Well, so I don't like, want to drag a child for his college. But he's not a child anymore. He was, he was properly like, no, cast I know, as I know, an I know. I've, I've, all I will say is that all sounds terrible, and yeah. I hope that he has changed his views from there. I mean, he may write an editorial saying that I mischaracterized his articles because I <laughs> did write them. I did read them very quickly. No, uh, no, you, you read all of them and they all sound terrible. <laughs> yeah. And he, um, <sighs> he's currently a finance intern at star companies in New York city. Oh, but also Dope. he was An for intern? one month. He was a creative intern at imagine entertainment where he, offered creative insight during meetings involving Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. And that's why he got fired. <laughs> hey, who let the narrator voice? He didn't. Yeah. He did not. <laughs> who let the intern give ideas? Get him out of he here. He put that on LinkedIn only. Oh, boy. So yeah, that's what's idea. up with Zach Koznitsky, and I hope he has a mom. <laughs> yeah. Replace white Yikes. men with moms. Um... Ugh, boy. Oh, man. Well, uh, well, I suppose I have to come up with a rating system wait, for this. We got to oh, talk wait, about end the credits. end credits. I mean, we mentioned it did briefly. Did you actually watch them today, Tyler? I did. I did. I did. Well, they were pretty short. and uh, So engaging. You get multiple canine puns. I mean, there's two movies with the canine. Close encounters thing. of the canine. Yeah, and then Citizen Canine. It's just so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I mean, Close Encounters of the K-9, I appreciated that one. I thought that was one of the better ones. I, thing, I would I, totally th- watch Lizard of Oz, okay? <laughs> that, that, was, that was a good one, too. The Lizard of Oz. <laughs> yes, we can all agree that the best writing of this movie was done in the credits. Raiders of the Lost Bark. That's a classic, I'm yeah. sure. There, there was that scene, too, in the... Uh, in the um, 
in the RV where you see all those scripts and she's like, these are the scripts that we want Beethoven to be in. And one of them was like slobber house five and, <laughs> and mission, mission impossible. Possible. Uh, and frisky business. That was another one that uh, I think this being u- universal. I can't believe like fast and the furry us wasn't on there. Like, that's, yeah, that's by 2008, like they're already making yeah. bank from that. Yeah. They also had uh when Harry met frizzy, and, Which uh, made no fucking sense. <laughs> Fuck that one. Yeah. And they also had uh, Weekend at Doggies, which was... <laughs> that only makes sense if you know who's starring in the movie. So wait, wait, wait. Is this a movie where there's two dogs trying to pretend that a third dog is alive even though it's dead? I would maybe watch that movie. <laughs> Like, are they sticking with the same premise, but with dogs? <laughs> I don't know about that. She's like, let's make it make it so that he feels like he's fetching the frisbee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> woof, woof. All right. I feel like that I have to say, how many drugged up pizzas are you going to give? <laughs> Beethoven's uh, big brack. Big break. Um, You know what? Uh, I was watching this and uh, my wife was kind of like half watching it. And I think we both kind sorry, of, Glory. We, yeah, we both kind of agreed that it was not as bad as as like some of the other ones because she has seen like the last couple, and uh, I thought this one was a lot better than the last movie, you guys. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give this one. I'm gonna give it maybe like four pizzas, four mm-hmm. drugged up pizzas, because um, I think uh, you know as much as we're making fun of the premise, at least it's something like a little bit more creative, and the you know the fact that they. Saved money on uh, the shooting location so that they could get some better actors. <laughs> I don't know if that was the exact equation, but I'm making like air quotes, me. listeners. Well, it's like you know, <laughs> it, it, even if it's even if it's like you know, yeah, air quotes like better actors. It was more fun for me to see these people that I recognize in other roles or sure. know, know from you know they're like famous names. The other ones where it's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I recognize that guy, but I couldn't tell you his name. The like, Tooch. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, you could you could honestly Cliff, make Clint uh, Howard. Yeah. Here's a joke that only that I could only make to you two, and we could say something like, <laughs> "And you, I listener, would rather watch Oscar Nunez read the dictionary <laughs> than see Julia Sweeney and Judge Reinhold <laughs> yes. in another Beethoven movie." Yes, exactly. <laughs> Justin, exactly. cut the rest of the podcast. <laughs> the only quote we need. Just set that out there, and then we're done. That's right. Oh my God. The podcast is going to be about 20 seconds this week. Uh, here you guys go. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, that's that encapsulates it perfectly. Uh, I'm going to uh, agree with Justin. It's four. It's not five. As I was watching this movie and hate watching this movie, I was like, I am enjoying this more than the previous two. Yeah. So I would yes, have certainly four drugged up pizzas. Nice. Yeah, I also yeah. was, was going to say four drugged up pizzas. Um same thing, you know, gosh, it was just so much better than than three and four and a, a bit better than the last one. Five. That was, oh, God, this is six already. OK, uh, it's um, it was just better. And I hate to be like a stereotypical L.A. Hollywood snob. That's like, I love movies that make fun of Hollywood because we live here. <laughs> no dames. <laughs> yeah. yeah <I> <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Exactly. Exactly uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. I hate to be that, but I am what I am. <laughs> and that's all. Robert Altman. Um uh 
it's one thing that I'll say is that where, the, where this movie does fall short, and I think it could have been much better, is when the dad who had character development that was completely different in the first 20 minutes of the movie, where he was being shoehorned into all of the tropes of this series. <laughs> like, there could have been something really, I don't want to say brilliant or good, but there could have been something a lot more fun of having this dog trainer, having the dog do these different things and have this empathetic relationship, but he got shoehorned into being the dad who, like, doesn't want this dog around, and had to, like, come around. Like, every paternal figure in every, all six of these movies has to have the exact same arc and yeah. I think that that is the problem with the movie they, they have that scene where they're like he's not just a dog he's our family he's the family we need to go get our give son. that dog a corona we need to go get our hairy how to son drift. our hairy well, son I think that's that's one of the few things that was good about that fifth movie was that the uncle never had like a oh, Beethoven's so messy. No, you know, it was, he was just like, oh, yes. what up, Beethoven? You know, like that was cool because it was different. Um, I got to say, though, on the on the part of Universal 1440 or UPHE, whatever you want to call them, it is ballsy to make a movie that insults everyone who made all of the previous movies <laughs> by being like they were idiots that didn't know how to do their job, but that just fell into success. Sure. Like you're insulting the dog trainer. Most of all, uh-huh. like the writer and the director of the past movies. And even the producers just saying like, they're all a bunch of <laughs> you fucking hacks. dumb dumbs. Yeah. Yeah. You just found a good old dog. <laughs> They, well, I mean, they just got to cash those checks now. They don't even care, yeah. probably. They're like, oh, they made another one? Where's my money? Good. All yeah, right, Edmund Dantes is no longer with us. So. All right, friends. So what is in store next week for us? Hey, it's the holiday season, and so you know we wouldn't go uh, without getting some sort of Christmas movie in there. And guess what? Beethoven is going on a Christmas adventure. He delivers. Yeah, it's called it is called Beethoven's Christmas Adventure. That is the next movie in the series. We're going to we go from 2008 to 2011. Uh still at home, home video. Um and uh I accidentally saw a spoiler. <laughs> so, I'm not going to say anything. Um it's pretty shocking, but uh it's well, okay. Beethoven versus Kevin McAllister in an Beethoven, ultimate bad guy takedown. Be- Beethoven the two v. things that we have not seen happen yet that often we've seen a complete uh retcon reboot, which was this one, but we have not yet seen them go into musical territory, and we have not seen Beethoven, Beethoven ascend to heaven. CGI talking <laughs> yet. No. I hope he's not talking. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, I do have one question for you guys. In he's going to bark jingle bells. It's going to happen. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, in Beethoven's Christmas Adventure, here's my question. Yes. In this movie, do you think Santa is real, yes or no? Ooh. Oh, fuck. This is, this is an internal question, and we might need to break this out into a separate podcast. Uh, yeah, first of all, what are you talking about, Justin? Santa is obviously said, I said real. in the world of the movie, is he going no, yeah, to be he's real? Talking about... Why would anybody even think he's not real? <laughs> no, he's, he's talking about in point. this movie, is, does Beethoven exist in the reality where Christmas is real, or does he, lift, does he live in the liberal where's... extremist future yeah. where Christmas is canceled? You True. only can see uh, well, Santa have, through a car window. It, Sorry. Past sequel rights, we have had, you know, the Santa Claus in which, of course, Santa is real. Mm-hmm. Benji, Santa was very, very real yep. when Benji visited him. And we jangled uh, all the way. Which didn't have did. anything about, well, Santa was not real in that. He, yeah. he was right. a mall Santa. Yeah, he was, he was evil. 
Santa is going to be 10,000% real. Oh, yeah, and Santa might, was evil. You're and right. and <laughs> Beethoven might even meet Benji at his workshop. Oh, my God. If there With was those blackface children. <laughs> yes. No. No, no, no. They not will that. be digitally replaced with Joey Fatones. Not that. <laughs> I, think, I hope he's real. Yeah, Beethoven's got to like end up being like the Rudolph of this movie or something. <laughs> where he's going to be leading the sleigh. At he's going to lead the sleigh. Oh, this that might would be, be the movie where he finally gives brandy to somebody in the Alps through oh the barrel God. around his neck. Yes. Yeah. Or it'll still take place it'll in Florida and there'll be no snow. Mm. Yeah, be. do you think do you think we we uh this is the the Universal Lot trilogy or is it break Break the trend here. Oh, it, yeah, it's gonna be on the Grinch set. <laughs> it's gonna be on the set of Universal Studios Osaka. No, yeah, here's a here's a yeah. yeah. Oh, but I do want to go to that Mario Kart ride. Yeah, was <laughs> the yeah. Mario World. Yeah, Beethoven uh, traversing the wreckage of the plane from oh my god we need to stop uh okay send us an email with your christmas beethoven predictions sequel rights at gmail.com and find us on social media on twitter instagram facebook and youtube at sequel rights yeah and let us know 2021 is gonna be a big long year an exciting new year where we can have lots of new franchises email us or rate and review us an apple podcast drop what you think we should be talking about in the new year we'd be super excited about it and yeah it actually helps a lot of people find the podcast if not uh it's towards the end of the year share on social media what your favorite series that we've talked about that is equally as good that's right and we'll see you guys next week for a very festive episode of sequel rights where we talk about beethoven's christmas adventure hey!